Hello, listener, and welcome to the ninth episode of What's It Like To? This episode features Dan Kazubel, and I ask him, what's it like to be a civil engineer? Dan and I discuss how and why being an engineer appeals to him so much, how engineers affect many parts of our everyday lives, and so much more. I personally learned a lot from this interview, and I know you will too. So, without further ado, here's the ninth episode of What's It Like To? So, Dan Kazubel, what's it like to be a civil engineer? It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of math. It's a lot of science. Yeah, and it's just a lot of fun to see what people are up to and to be able to create from a realistic point of view and um, and just see what's possible in the world and what can physically actually be made as opposed to just some pie-in-the-sky idea of what's 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 there so we work closely with architects a lot of times and we are basically kind of the reality check for architects so architects come up with all this stuff and then they kind of throw it toward the engineer and then the engineer says yeah you can't necessarily do it quite like that it doesn't quite fit or it doesn't quite work it won't look quite this way we can make it look that way but it might not quite be what you need it to be so yeah, I would say not necessarily, I don't want to say reality check because that's, that's a little harsh, but um, but yeah, I mean, we, we take the dream of an architect and we fit it into what can actually be physically constructed. So that's that's what we do to a degree. I mean, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different types of civil engineers, even, um, but primarily... Civil engineers deal with the big things, so bridges and buildings and highways and railroads and the big stuff that people deal with and interact with every day in a in that sort of context, just getting around and being, you know, obviously in a building. Uh, that's the stuff that civil engineers do. So, are you seen as more of like a a fact checker type of person or more of like a you know uh sorry you can't build this type of person uh, i'd say it's kind of a combination of both um usually art, especially and this is more so when i was working with private companies yeah we would do a lot of maybe not fact checking exactly but kind of design check like yeah okay this is gonna be pretty much on the money you might have to make things you're this this might have to be a little bit thicker just so that it's strong enough to do what you want it to do, that sort of thing. Um, and, a lot, I mean, in my experience, a lot of it wasn't, no, you can't do that. It was just it's not going to quite look the way you thought it would because of whatever strength or, or the size of it or codes. I mean, a lot of the time, a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of code knowledge that needs to happen in terms of, design codes and municipal codes that things are safe and things are accessible and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of background that needs to, that kind of informs what we do. So it can seem cookie cutter at times, but in my experience, even the stuff that seems really simple ends up becoming unique in and of itself just because every spot on the planet is just that little bit of difference. So um, as much as they as much as companies and entities want their stuff to look exactly the same, you know, McDonald's wants to be recognized in this certain way and they want to all look the same. The pieces of land they put them on aren't the same. 
and the stuff that's around them isn't the same. So it's going to be, it's all going to be different just by nature of that. And it's, you know, it's not all that different from us people that, you know, we're all different too. And every spot that we want to build something on is going to be just that much different, just that much different too. Mm -hmm. So do like if someone's building a house, do they need a civil engineer or is this more of like for skyscrapers and buildings like that? Um, more so it would kind of depend on the type of house you would want to be doing. But a lot of what civil engineers are doing, at least in my, at least what I've dealt with has been kind of the low to the ground type stuff. So I've been doing a lot of work in terms of streets and sidewalks and underground things. So like storm sewers and, and sewer and things like that, conveying water, you know, storm water from the, the site that it's on to wherever it needs to be to, um, to be safely stored and, you know, then treated and, and cleaned and all that sort of thing. So, but yeah, in terms of skyscrapers and stuff like that, that's more, I mean, s structural engineers are that sort of type of person or that sort of engineer. They're the ones that more focus on the bigger buildings and that sort of stuff and how things get constructed, the, the loads that go on the things, the torque that needs to be accounted for in terms of the design of things like that. So not as much in terms of a house. You don't typically need that for it. I mean, architects are usually pretty good about knowing what needs to be done and what can serve a typical, a typical house. But some of the stuff around the house, so maybe the foundation, the foundation could, if, if you have one, given that we're in California, there aren't a lot of basements anymore in California for obvious reasons. But, you know, back when in Chicago, there was, there were foundation, you know, there's basements and foundations that need to be, you know, handled and, and all that sort of stuff. So that, that's a civil engineers type thing too. And that's more, that would be almost more geotechnical, which deals with soil and rocks and the, the composition of the stuff under the ground. So we, there's a lot of different, um, a lot of different fields in that specific field. Mm -hmm. So subfields and all that sort of thing. So, I mean, I had a, I had a, um, a survey course, not like an actual like land surveying course, but they called it a survey course where they would basically take one specific practice discipline inside of civil engineering and they would talk about that and they would have somebody come in like from the faculty or a local business or something that did that work and they'd come in and they'd give a presentation about like kind of what you're doing here where it's like well what's it like to be a, a geotechnical engineer or what's it like to be a structural engineer or um, that sort of thing so we would get that and I think that was in either my freshman or my sophomore year to kind of figure out okay, where do I want to steer my path? Do I want to go towards the, the, the structural side where I want to deal with buildings? Do I want to go to the geotech where I'm going to be dealing with, you know, more, more underground type stuff? Do I want to deal with transportation where I'm dealing with roadways and highways and, and all that sort of stuff? And sometimes they, they overlap. So like structural and transportation will get in there together to do bridges and things like that for highways and and um and, you know, railroads and things like that. So, yeah, it's very, it's it's diverse even in and of itself. 
So you talked about trying to figure out your path, and I want to find out more about that. But first, I want to take a step back. I'm like, how did you... I would imagine you didn't grow up wanting to be a civil engineer. How did you discover what that was and then realize it was something you wanted to do? Ever since I was a kid, I was interested in what, like, so, like, I'd be watching as you're driving down the highways, or I guess, you know, since we're from Chicago, we know the tollway, what the tollways Mm -hmm. were, and so, or are, I should say. So I'd be going down because that's, you know, in the suburbs, that's what we had was the tollways. And um, I remember looking and being really interested in what the interchanges looked like. And so the ramps and stuff that would go up here and follow it and look under the bridge to see what the bridge looks like underneath and all that sort of stuff. And um, so I never knew quite I never knew quite what that was. I just knew that it was something that interested me. Um, I remember talking about in my driver's ed class, they talked about looking at, like, going around and trying to find areas in your, in your neighborhood or whatever that might have been potentially unsafe. And I didn't realize this at the time. I'm literally just thinking about this now. That that's almost a kind of an engineer's point of view, too, because the design of this stuff would be what transportation engineers are doing, is, you know, making sure, like, okay. Um, like the particular example I thought of is... There was a road that was kind of, it would kind of come down a hill and then it would take a kind of sharp turn and there was a creek like right there at the curve. So it'd be, I'm just picturing like it's winter and the road is not very, is not very, there's not a lot of traction on the road. And Mm so, you know, you lose control and there's a guardrail on the thing, but it doesn't complete the curve. So I'm thinking, you know, okay, you're, you, you get slick and you end up heading toward this curve and you're not turning, you're not going anywhere. You've run into this guardrail and is it going to be, is it going to push you back on the road or is it going to give, or is it going to be, you know, does it need to be longer so that you don't end up going into a creek as opposed to staying on the shoulder or, you know, being on the roads? I mean, that's all kind of that sort of, thought processes I think is kind of where engineering is comes into play and again even at that point you know I was 15 16 at the time when I was taking driver's ed but even then I didn't necessarily know that that's what that was by the time I'd gotten to college or I'd gotten into the point of taking college visits that's when I really started realizing or that's when I I really started thinking about okay is this what is this that I really like to do? Where does this fall? Where does, what, what would somebody who's interested in this stuff major in? Because that's what I wanted to do. I mean, I enjoyed it. And so I didn't even feel like it would have been work to do that sort of thing. And so I was at, let's see, uh, I think it was at the university of Michigan. Actually, I took a, I took a, um, a visit there and I met with somebody in, I think it was the architectural engineering department. And I asked, that's when I asked the question was, you know, this is kind of what I'm into and this is kind of what I do or what I enjoy. And, you know, so it's like, what kind of major, what major would somebody like that, how would they, you know, kind of parlay that into a major? And he said, yeah, it'd probably be more like architectural engineering. I said, okay, but the art history part of it and that sort of thing with the architecture just didn't really do it for me. And so, yeah, at the University of Illinois, which is where I ended up, um, 
yeah, they don't have architectural engineering. So when I went there and I did a visit there, I actually met with like the associate dean of the college. He happened to be the one that was doing interviews for visiting students or whatever. And um, yeah, he said, oh yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely a way you can kind of tailor your engineering degree to make this work because of the multiple disciplines that are involved. And then the way that they, they, they do their degrees is they have a primary area of expertise and then a secondary. So that's the way you can kind of tailor your schedule and your coursework to make it, to make it fit what it is that you're actually looking to do. So, so yeah, it, it was a longer kind of journey, but it was kind of grounded early. I just didn't know what to call it at the time. I didn't have the the knowledge as a kid to really say, oh, yeah, I'm going to be an engineer. Because, like, you know, you think of engineer and you're thinking, like, you know, George Carlin or Ringo Starr on Thomas the Tank Engine, mm-hmm. not <laughs> not Bob the Builder's boss, basically. Because that's how I'd explain it to my, my little cousins who are not so little anymore now. But when I when they would ask me what I do, I would say, you know what, Bob, you know how Bob the Builder goes around and he builds all this stuff? I say, yeah, I give Bob the plans to do <laughs> what he does. So I, I design what Bob the Builder builds. That was kind of, and they were like, okay. They kind of understood that. Mm-hmm. So. so you found out basically like touring or visiting colleges that this was something you could do, something you could make a living off of. What was, or at, walk me through like what the degree process is like, you know, do you start off in generic math classes or specific engineering classes and then do you figure out how you want to apply that or how does that work? There's a, um, it's pretty general to start off. You kind of get your gen eds kind of out of the way. So there's a certain amount of gen eds that need, that need to happen on the, you know, arts and humanities and all that sort of thing. And so you kind of, so it would basically be the first couple of years get spent doing that sort of thing. And you kind of trickle in a, a few, like, uh, I think there was maybe a, a general engineering course or two. Yeah. So that survey course I was telling you about that, that was one of the ones. Um, there was another one that was just general engineering. It dealt with, um, a lot with actual drafting. So it would be like drawing stuff and doing computer modeling. And so that was really kind of my first exposure to AutoCAD, which um, which is actually really powerful and really cool to play with. Um, I know and, what AutoCAD is. But and has gotten know? even more so since then. AutoCAD is basically um, how to assemble the pieces of the plans. I mean, that's it's the power, it's the tool behind all of well, not it's not the only one, but it's the primary tool that engineers and architects, well, maybe not architects, but engineers use to do the design work for um, for what they're what they're constructing, whether it's a road, whether it's a building, and it's computer aided drafting. I mean, you're basically drawing with the with the computer and telling it, you know, the precise things that you want to what you want to do with it. So it's software. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a very very powerful software program, and even more so now they've integrated like geographic information systems, so you can get like information around like if you know exactly where you're going to put whatever it is that you're doing, you can get kind of the lay of the land without actually being there and having to do um, survey. And it depends on it depends on what ba- uh, data is available to you, but. Yeah, I mean, there's so much information that's actually just out there in the world that this is now being able to integrate and use 
to the point where it's like I can be much more informed about what I'm doing and what's around me as in when I'm doing a design and I don't have to like go out and drive out to the site and take a look and hire a survey crew to go out and, and do all that sort of stuff to figure out what's there. You can, I mean, with, you know, with Google earth and, and, um, and terrain and all that other stuff, but you can see the, the topography of a site almost before you even set foot there. You can know that all before you even start. And it's a very, it's a really cool way to start. And, and just be like, yeah, I can jump right in and I don't even necessarily have to wait for what's it going to be like or what's it like out there now. I already know. Mm, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So you can find out all, all that stuff without leaving your desk. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So at what point did you say, all right, I want to do civil engineering versus structural or any of the other engineering paths? Um, I think civil, actually, I'm, I feel like I'm one of the rare breeds where I was pretty much civil from the start. And then structural is actually just a, a branch of civil. Okay. I mean, at least in terms of the way I was kind of brought up in, you know, in, the, in the University of Illinois kind of way, structural would fall under civil. And I don't know if that's necessarily every place, but, you know, I got to go with what I know. And that's where it fell for me. Um, or for, for the college, um, I'd originally thought that I was going to do structures first as a primary and then do transportation secondary. But I found out kind of, I would say probably halfway through my third year or somewhere in there that I didn't enjoy the structural stuff as much as I thought I would. Um, but the, but the highway stuff, I came back to the highway stuff and that really kind of, that really kind of captivated me. And so I flipped my major, my primary and secondary um, areas of focus to that. And I was at the point where it really wasn't going to set me back at any point in terms of classwork or anything like that. So it was a good time to have gotten, gotten kind of informed about what it was going to be. Mm. Yeah, a majority of your classwork ends up going towards your primary. And then... Um, there's still a few things here and there that you can kind of trickle in to make sure that you're getting a well-rounded education because that's what they're all about these days. And, um, yeah, and then there'd be work in the secondary as well. So um, I'd just gotten into kind of introductory courses to some of these other, other, um, some of these other disciplines. And so I started realizing, yeah, this isn't really going to work. It's not that it's not going to work. I just don't feel like I. This doesn't connect with me as much as I would like it to, hmm. and so I would. And that's when I shifted because it was like, okay, this transportation is really kind of. It's it's kind of been my thing for a long time, and I didn't, like I said before, I didn't really even know it. I didn't know that that's what it was at the time, but it's like, yeah, it just kind of clicked back in, and it was like, okay, so yeah, I went from a transportation structure, yeah, a structural transportation to a transportation structural. I guess the rest is history, so to speak. Do all engineers basically have the same set of tools and it's just a matter of how you're applying them? Or do you have different training based on what you're focusing on? Yeah, so I would say that on a fundamental level, yeah, that there's it's applied science is basically the kind of – I mean that's – in a nutshell, I would say that's kind of what I would define engineering as. It's just applied it's – it's science applied to whatever – whatever it is that we're, we're looking to accomplish. So if it means, you know, a better road or whatever, then that's, that ends up falling under the umbrella of civil engineering or 
how this MacBook works ends up being more under the realm of electrical and probably mechanical, just, you know, making this part small and how they fit together and how that all assembles and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, so it, yes and no is, I guess, the real short answer. <laughs> So there's a yeah there's a there's a there's a, a science background and a math background because that's basically what the language of science is is math. So, but yeah, as you as you diversify and you get or as you get into specific areas, that's where the that's where the tools become more specialized. So hypothetically, you'd be able to pick up another engineer's project and at least get a basic understanding of what they were doing, what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah. I could understand it, and you're talking like if it were like a different type of engineer, like a, a mechanical or something. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, like, if I were to see a mechanical set of plans, something right. like that. Yeah, I could. I could probably at least get an understanding of what's going on. Are you using the same tools? Are you doing the same kind of work that engineers ten, twenty, thirty years ago were doing, or has it has the field changed dramatically? I don't know that I can necessarily speak beyond 20 years just because I haven't been in the game that long. But um, I would say that since I started, there's so much more power in computers than there were before. Um, like I was talking about before about, um, you know, using the the geo, the geographical information mm-hmm. that's out there now because there's so much more of it now than there was 10, 20, 30 years ago for sure. And so being able and so that and also being able to utilize three-dimensional stuff, mm-hmm. which is really cool. So like um, in one of the places, the last place I worked in Illinois before I moved here, I ended up there was one guy in our in our office who was really into the 3D stuff and he loved to model the stuff and he put together these exhibits for clients and he'd say, "Yeah, this is kind of what it's going to look like." And he could do like a flyover of one of the projects we did was it was just like this big it was going to be a nursing home facility and there was this big lake man-made lake basically that would hold all the water that would when it would rain it would all collect in there and um, he basically had a model a computer model of the whole thing and he could look at any piece of it and you know rotate it around and look underneath it even um, before it was ever built, you know, it's all just sitting there in the computer. So that's the kind of cool stuff that you can check now rather than having to get out in the field when you're building it and say, Oh shoot, this isn't going to work. But I think ultimately the basics are still the same. Mm -hmm. It's just that we're getting more and more technologically, um, adept at figuring out how to make it easier and more efficient. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting to see all this stuff and be able to, yeah, to be able to play with some of these things, like the 3D designs and stuff like that, is really, it's just really cool. Um, I remember being able to see, I mean, just how cool it would be to say, okay, yeah, they're doing, they're building a new stadium somewhere or whatever, and then you can do like a flyover and like go into it and spin around it, and then do like you see all the features and stuff, and then pop back out. It's like that's amazing, and it's the stuff that. 20, 30 years ago, they're thinking, well, yeah, okay, I guess it's possible to do that. But now it's like you could do that sort of thing on a computer like this one, mm. you know, whereas that would have been, that wouldn't have ever been conceived of, I don't think, at that point. Mm. So so it's amazing how, how far we've come and how 
how much more there still is to go. I don't know what that looks like, <laughs> but I know that we're always striving technologically to just continue to push the envelope. So, is it like do you get a chance um, to see something you've designed? Um, and is there a like a sense of pride in going? I helped. There absolutely that? is. That's one part that I miss about not being able to work. I'm not working publicly right now. I'm privately right now. I work public. So, I mean, I have my hands on a lot of different stuff now. But when I was working at a private, the private firm, private firms, which I did before this, um, it is really cool to be able to say, okay, I saw this, I saw this on plans and stuff before a shovel ever went in the ground. And, yeah, it's like, yeah, I could, I mean... There aren't as many of those spots here in California yet, but um, yeah, I remember um, I worked in Champaign for a couple of years, and that would be, I mean, first of all, it's where I went to school, so it's fun to go down and visit and see what's changed and all the other stuff, but the last time I was down there, um, I was actually, it wasn't about a visit or anything, it was about driving a friend down there, and um, but I made it a point of after I dropped her off to say, yeah, you know, I'm down here. Why don't I go see what's what's been going on and stuff like that? And there was a big um, like reconstruction project for a um, like a creek that was going through there. They made a big park around it and stuff. I remember doing a lot of survey work in there and just seeing how beautifully that turned out. Um, a couple other projects. I mean, there were we used to work with a certain gas <clears throat> gas station company, and I would drive along and I would see those and I'm like yep I worked on that one I remember this driveway was a real pain to try and get to fit and stuff like that and so it's cool to go through those places and see them it's also really cool to see it like if you use Google Earth like I can do Google Earth and see the stuff that I've worked on too oh neat especially because I'm not in that area I'm not geographically there anymore so so yeah it's there's a definite gratitude for it and also yeah it's like yeah this is really cool that I can I can go see this right in front of me. There it is. It was all in a computer and on a sheet of paper X number of years ago. As we begin to wrap up here, um, got one question from Renee Kaplan, and she wanted to know what you enjoy the most about being a civil engineer. What I enjoy the most is the diversity of it. Um, knowing, like I was talking about before, that any every project has its own little quirks and idiosyncrasies that make them, well, by definition, make them unique. Well, thank you very much for being a guest on the podcast. That's been a pleasure. Well, that's it. The ninth episode of What's It Like To? Thank you so much to Dan Kazubel for joining me, and of course to you, the listener, for checking out the podcast. Be sure to follow What's It Like To? on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram to stay updated on everything related to the podcast. Also, I created an email address, and it's wiltpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in questions, comments, opinions, and anything you're feeling. I love hearing from you. And for all future episodes, I'll announce via social media who my guest will be beforehand, and I'll ask you to email me questions. Send in a question, and I'll announce who it's from on the podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope to be filling up your earbuds again very soon.